podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Welcome to the It's All Cobblers Me preview show. I'm Danny and I'm here to look forward to the final game of the league season. And we hope this is going to be our last preview show of the season. Um, (laughs) After 45 games, the Cobblers are one win away from an instant return to League One. Can we get over the line up at Barrow on Saturday? To find out, we'll be joined by Barrow fan Ronan McCarthy in a little bit. But first, I'm also here with a very nervous Charles Commons. How are you, Charles? I'm just glad that you've stopped talking now, mate, to be honest, because <laughs> that has just felt like a complete jinx, that whole well, opening line. <laughs> what's the jinx about that? I just... The, the last... Well, uh, we can still do one next week. Uh, we can, we can uh, sit here and do a just, preview show for the playoffs if you want, I, with the other four teams involved. I, I just I just kind of want you to stop talking, Danny. I'll be yeah. honest. Oh, um, we've got a lot more of that where that, where that came from tonight, I'm sure. But <laughs> I am is, nervous. You're right. Yeah. I am nervous. I am. I am also excited. I've got... I think trepidation is the word I would use to, yeah. to sum up how I feel because I'm really looking forward to going on Saturday. I do have a ticket. I am a lucky boy. Um, and it's not in the home end either, so I'm even luckier. And yet there's so much riding on it that I, I can't help but sort of not want to think about it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of them, and it's he's so nervous all week. I, I was speaking to my wife about it um, before, and <laughs> she was like, "Oh, well, you, you've been in that league before, and you know it's the same league you've been up from before. It doesn't matter that much, does it? <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times you go up from a division, how many you still feel it so much, don't you? Of course. I mean, if we were in sort of the Northern Premier League or something, we we would care deeply about this week, and it would." It would still mean a hell of a lot this week, and it's it's just one of them. It's going to be hell for a couple of couple of hours on Saturday night, Saturday afternoon. It's I think the, the thing to me is if we drop out, if we don't make it, the playoffs are going to be really difficult to get back up for for the player players because you've you've had that fall of almost getting there, and then to fall out, I think psychologically it'd be a big big disappointment and be really hard to build back up to the playoffs again after that. Absolutely. So let's stop thinking about it. Let's stop thinking about it. So you're going to Barry Charles. Can we? We're going to start by talking about the ticketing situation quickly mm. before we bring Ronan in. Um, on Tuesday night, I think it was, Cobblers fans who had bought tickets in the home end at Barrow were contacted by the club and had their tickets cancelled. Um, only four four hundred away tickets for such a massive occasion like this. So inevitable, I think, that some Cobblers fans were going to try it to get in the home end. I really don't get it how we've not been allowed more for a one-off occasion like this um any th- i know you're in the away end charles you've you've got your mm-hmm. ticket sorted um what are your thoughts on it i just think right so going going back to 
all of it and thinking about forgetting about the occasion, forgetting about the importance of the game from our point of view, I just look at it and go, to only be offered 400 tickets to go to uh, a, a new ground, which is what it will be for everyone, more or less, um, I just think is so small and so ridiculous, especially when you look at our average away following. You know, it doesn't matter. This game could have been in October and we would have still probably have taken more than 400 fans if we were able to, if we were, you know, had the room, had the space to be able to go and do that. So to only get 400 tickets just is annoying in the first place. And it feels like it's one of those things where I suppose... In a way, you've just got to accept the fact that it's a small club that has come up from, you know, the non-league and has done incredibly well to get to where they are and obviously so well to to stay up this season. And I, I just look at how the Cobblers do this kind of thing. So... You know, this season we've had the South Stand, which is the away stand, obviously closed for quite a number of home games where we've had, you know, players, not not players, sorry, clubs like Barrow, for example, only bringing 100 or so fans. And so therefore, rather than open the whole stand that seats nearly a 1,000, we've opened up that block at the south end of the East Stand that that houses them all perfectly fine. I mean, it, it ruins the atmosphere. I, I, I appreciate that side of things. But, you know, it does that. But then when we've got a bigger way following, like we had on Saturday with Exeter, you know, initially we gave Exeter the thousand tickets or whatever to sell for the whole South Stand. And then once they'd sold them, they asked for more and we were then able to give them that block in the East. So there were more tickets available and we were able to provide that to them. This is what annoys me is that we're able to have done that and Barrow could potentially most likely do it themselves. I've seen on Twitter today that they're sending out free tickets to schools and, you know, nurses. And don't get me wrong, I know it's very, very good to be able to offer people, you know, free tickets, cost of living crisis, all of this, that and the other. However, if in the next year or so, Barrow have a financial issue, I will be sort of going, well, you've you've turned away loads of business here. Mm. So I don't I won't have any sympathy, essentially. Mm. It's it's one of those situations where I just think it's fine and I get the other side of the argument, which is if it was happening at our place, you know, would we like it, let's say if it was Sunderland or someone big that Bradford in our league probably would be able to tell more tickets in this situation at six than we can provide would I be happy with them you know doing this no I wouldn't be happy with them going and buying seats in the home end I appreciate that however the one thing that I would be turning around and saying is that we wouldn't be giving away tickets for free because we wouldn't need to yeah, it's a really tricky one. I think the whole thing to me is about how you are as a away fan in a home end. If if it does get to this point, and if it is getting to this point, I, I personally wouldn't ma- wouldn't mind too much as long as it's not someone like those blue lot from down the road or the plastics. If I'm sat next to someone who I know is the opposition fan, as long as they're being all right, they're being 
cause your they're not causing massive trouble and stuff. Mm. I'm I'm happy. I'm okay with that. Actually, get it as a football fan. You understand. You want to be there. I want to be there. Like there's so many people that Cobblers fans will want to be at this occasion, and it's just desperately. Um, it's it's just really unfortunate. I think what's the a it's Barrow B. We just can't get enough tickets. I know the club are trying to put on a screen as well at six, which is a great thing as well. Um, but I think you're just just desperate to be there, aren't you? Um, yeah, you are desperate to be there. And you- I look at it and I just go, look, the, the club have sold over a thousand tickets for the beanback, which is brilliant. That obviously, you know, puts money in the coffers of Northampton Town Football Club, which is what we are happy about. Um, but as you say, you want to be at the game. It mm. isn't the same. And I don't know whether you saw it, Daddy, but Wigan did, I think, I think it was Wigan, did the same thing last weekend. And obviously, the or whatever it's called these days, the DW Stadium, whatever it is, obviously that's got quite a larger stand than, than the West Stand, and there were lots and lots and lots of people in there. But the size of the screen compared to the stand, <laughs> I just thought to myself, crikey. If that was my living room, that's the equivalent of me having like a 15-inch TV in my living room. <laughs> Tiny. Well, maybe they know that Wigan fans know their home fans well enough. They just thought it's just going to be barren. <laughs> um, but let's let's move on. Should we? Let's bring in our Barrow fan for this evening, Rona McCarthy. How are you, mate? Hey, okay. I'm good. Thank you. Yourself? Good, good. Yeah, nervous as I say. It's it's a, it's a <laughs> tense old week. It's 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 difficult uh, to get through because can't wait for Saturday to get started now. Um, can I just start by getting your view on the ticketing situation, if that's all right? Yeah, um, as we were like, talking before, our sort of average tickets that we give away on a away to away teams is around six forty, six sixty. Um, so when I found out four hundred was the actual amount that you've been given, I was there was a bit of confusion amongst myself to be honest, so because I, I couldn't quite understand how we'd come to that number to be honest but the problem is at the moment the away facilities that we have are very poor there's no like there's no two ways about it they're not they're not good um we've had to put in some temporary measures for now they're not to a standard that they should be as we move into our next our third year in the football league uh, thankfully we now have to put an extra 800 seats it is to get up to 2000 um, so I appreciate that's a really sort of poor and difficult position that you find yourselves in. But going forward in the next season, we'll be able to provide around a thousand sort of for away fans. Um, when I'm looking at potentially giving you more, the way that the ground is, it's so so difficult to even try and do that. The um, we're only a three-sided ground at the moment. We had one of our sides um, isn't allowed to be used due to the fact that it doesn't have enough crush barriers in it. However, that is getting changed into seated in the summer. So that's a positive for us as well because it puts us back to a four-sided ground. And, and it's, it's only a really, really small size, but it's just not nice having a big empty space behind one of the goals. Um, I always believe there should be someone behind a, an opposition goalkeeper giving him any sort of anything to get to get, to get that extra result or, you know, it's, it's that bonus. But to... to to try and give you extra tickets is, is virtually impossible in the grounds we're at. Um, Carlisle, Bradford, uh, Swindon as well. I think they've all sold out our way and, and they've all had sort of similar problems. I appreciate the game isn't of the same magnitude on Saturday. It's a lot more important for yourselves. But the, it is, it's just a, one of those unfortunate situations, which, I mean, if I was in your boots myself, I'd be extremely naffed off, to be quite honest. But... <laughs> It's just the way we find ourselves in at the moment, and hopefully, going from you know from next season onwards, it'll be that problem sort of 
isn't a problem anymore, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm desperate for us. I mean, no offence, but we don't want to be coming back next season after the weekend. <laughs> yeah, <come on>. um, <laughs> um, So on the pitch now, 2020, weird year. Um, we experienced it as well. when We went up in the League 2 playoffs at Wembley in front of no fans. Very, very strange way to get promoted. You're in a similar position. You were four points clear, I think it was, in the conference uh, when the season stops. You were... It was there was a there was a vote in the conference to say you know can we shall we end the season on points per game? It was agreed, and so you were promoted as champions after forty eight years in non league. How did that feel, and how strange was that to actually have it sealed just like that? It was extremely difficult for everyone because we we just sort of created a momentum as a fan base. And I mentioned the playing bit of, um, later on because that was not nowhere near the same, and the fan base was sort of really starting to get behind the team. We were developing from, you know, we had average crowds of about 1,200, 1,400, if I'm honest, you know, to knock it on 3,000 every week, well over 2,500. So it was a shame just to sort of have it curtailed as it was, but obviously it was completely taken out of our hands. At the time, we were we had the four-point lead, of course. We'd, we'd just been beaten by Notts County 2-0 at home. Um, Scott Quigley, our top scorer at the time, had been sent off. And we had Harrogate, who was second away, um, in the next sort of two or three games, if I remember correctly. So it, it, it's, it's a good debate between Barra fans. We all joke about it. We had the COVID champions because a lot of us don't think we'd have gone up, to be honest. We were sort of, the wheels were sort of slightly starting to fall off. Um, but in the same sort of token, we're thankful for it. We're happy to be where we are. We'll take everything that we can get. We haven't had the rubber the green in other times. You know, we, we could say we were one of the unluckiest sides really, because we were voted out of the Football League. So to be voted back back in is slightly ironic. Um, <laughs> it, it's it, it's fantastic for the town. You know, we average over 3,000 at home these days. It's good to have a Football League side back in the town. The, the, going to like, if you, if you go around the town centre, um, or if you go even to watch sort of football in the local areas, Getting away from them, you know, horrific Man United, Liverpool, and well, Man City shirts now even, and seeing Barra shirts, people in Barra track suits, people in Barra shorts, whatever. It's brilliant. It's great. It's just to have that sort of buzz again is good. And to have it ruined by one season of not having fans in the ground was difficult. You know, we lost mm-hmm. our best asset, which was Ian Everett. Um, again, a man, another man who caused a lot of debate between the fans because we got promoted in the next day, well, on the way home from his interviews of ITV, he had his job interview at Bolton. <laughs> um, so it's just one of them, but, you know, it's pretty open that we've had a lot of managers, a lot of things in our way that haven't really gone our way. So to have a year of stability next year would be lovely, to be quite honest. <laughs> a year being 12 <laughs> would be absolutely brilliant. I was going to ask, because I know that there's Cobblers fans that say the same about how our promotion, it was lucky. Because, you know, we were a bit like what you were saying about Barrow. We weren't necessarily looking like we were going to stay in the playoffs if the season had carried on. And yet, because of where we stopped and where we were in the table and the PPG worked in our favour and Port Vale therefore missed out and finished eighth and we finished seventh and then go into the playoffs and, and win it, that it was maybe, I don't want to say undeserved, but there were definitely, and there definitely are Cobblers fans who say that that shouldn't really be talked about as a promotion season because the actual season in itself 
wasn't necessarily going to end up in promotion if we'd have carried on and and stayed playing. It's nice to hear, essentially, that fans of another club that are in a similar situation to what we were, some of them feel the same. I don't see a fairer way of deciding uh, a season that was 75% played than PPG. It's not obviously got the desired outcome for some teams. Like I think Tram May were extremely unlucky to get relegated. Um, I think it was a ridiculous PPG. I can't remember what the number was exactly that kept basically mm. sent them down. And I know there was form to come into it and you know things like that. And I completely re- respect that. And I get it, don't, don't get me wrong, but I don't see another way you could have fairly decided. You can't have just scrapped the season that was 75% played. Um, our rivals for Workington... I've had that twice and lost two titles because of it. And then I've just subsequently lost in the playoffs last week. So arguably they shouldn't have been in the division they're in. And now that, this will be their fourth year in that division again. Um, although we take the make about it a bit, it's not really good. It's not, it's not a good way to sort of have that season decided. I think that, you know, we've shown that for those who did who thought, you know, little old Baron, whatever that sort of, tagline that we are trying to get away from because you know we're a football league club now and a, a football league club going into the third year of b- being where you know we think we deserve to be I, I couldn't have seen a different way to decide it I mean we, mm-hmm. with the likes of Wrexham and Stockport and the financial muscle that they have now we wouldn't have been able to compete if I'm really honest um, you know we're not short with you Bob don't get me wrong you know we have a really good competitive budget in this league and the league below I'm not trying to you know create this narrative that we, we you know we fluked it we had a really small playing budget we didn't we had a good playing budget and we should have been up near the top of the league but to try and compete now would have been virtually impossible you know with players like Paul Mullen now taking the decision to you know, play for Wrexham and, and mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. so a year ago you've had a season in League 2 finished 21st I assume you're fairly happy with that position um, bit of uncertainty obviously but you've had a lot of managers and seen Everett left as well I mean David Dunn took over for the first few months didn't have a great start and drew a lot of games um, and was eventually sacked Uh, you've had Rob Kelly Michael uh, Jolly Rob Kelly's back in again I think until the end of that season so a lot of uncertainty then Mark Cooper comes in at the start of last uh, start of this season sorry what went wrong because he's someone who you kind of associate with being a decent League 2 manager what went wrong under him? I think even looking back to sort of last season as well, you know, first going into Mark Cooper, we knew exactly, well, for me as a fan, I knew exactly what I was going to get under Mark Cooper. You know, he plays a reasonable brand of football. Um, it wasn't necessarily shown at Oak Street. You know, we were pretty poor, if I'm quite honest. He, he's not that sort of smiley, happy person that walks around the club with, you know, a big smile on his face. He's a, he's a dour individual. He's a nasty individual, if I'm really honest. Not as a negative, but like that's the way he is as a football manager. You know, his, his sides are horrible to play against. They're nasty. They're, they're in your face. And, you know, that's something that we can associate with as a fan base. You know, Hulk Street's always seen as this place that's horrible and hostile to come to. It's um, it's not a brilliant... It's, it's in the middle, middle of nowhere, if I'm quite honest. I was saying before, it's the biggest cul-de-sac in England. Barrow, so this backs against the wall attitude really should have probably worked and a lot better than what it did. We we spent money for me unwisely. Um, 
Zanzale was brought in from Carlisle as a sort of top earner. Uh, Mark Ellis was brought in as a centre half. Um, he was that Chamir at the time, but obviously played for Notts County in the league below. We just have not scored enough goals this season. There's no other way to look about it. Um, we must be one of the, the, the top four lowest goal scorers in division. We've kept 14 clean sheets. So defensively, we're quite solid. But we just we just completely lacked any sort of goal scoring. You know, when, when Zanzala eventually left Rexeter, the, the shock amongst the support that ties higher up than us with what I take in was unbelievable. We just, he just, I'm not here to try and, you know, slate the block, but he just, it just didn't click. The support didn't quite click with him. You know, there's a very talented player there, but we just didn't get the best out of him. Um, Josh Gordon hasn't scored enough goals. Um, the, the lads that we got in on loan in January, you know, Will Harris um, was unfortunately been injured and has very limited chances. Jacob Wakelin, when he came in, didn't impress. Um, Luke James, again, another one who, you know, he's been injured but has not scored enough goals. Um, and unfortunately, things came when an end with Mark Cooper. I think he sort of had this internal falling out which wasn't really very well publicised. Uh, I think people were sort of pretended to, pretended to be shocked of what he was, of this sort of demanding person. He was never happy. Every interview was sort of negative. And, and I've said a lot of negatives about Mark Cooper. I actually quite liked him. Um, I'd have happily seen him through with us at the end of the season. It, it, to answer your question of where he went wrong, I think it was one of those. He never actually wanted to be Barrow manager. He came as this was the best offer that he had, you know, whether that be financially or in terms of as a football club. And then it would probably get to November, October time. We'd be, you know, overperforming, really overachieving, you could say, which never which never happened. He'd go on to a better job. We'd get a good payout and everyone would be happy. But that never happened. We had a lot of injuries at the beginning of the season. Um, we didn't have the squad depth in the right positions. And ultimately, it cost us. And now we, um, but you know, we've we've significantly underachieved for it with our playing budget. You know, it's it's well publicised. We have a top ten playing budget for this division, and to finish in the, the bottom four or five isn't good enough. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions to be asked. You know, from the club itself, from you know the, the players, the manager. But you know, we're ultimately we're happy for another year in the division. Don't get me wrong; it's a brilliant achievement. You know. We should be looking to achieve slightly more than what we what we are. To be quite honest, <laughs> so you've beaten us earlier in the season. Um, up at six as well, Mark Cooper was still in charge. You, the thing you said about being dogged and not letting much through and standing at that night, I think, was one of the most frustrating nights of our season. Um, and we're looking back on it constantly, going, oh, "If only we just got at the point three points there, we could have been up already." Um, and it just felt one of those back to the wall performances that you came, you scored a goal, but we were pretty shocking as well. Did you make anything of us that night? Did you watch the game? Yeah, I travelled up. Um, I I left work at the last minute, as late as I possibly nice. could, and, and drove down. Um, that was one of our better games of the season. I know you're watching it from your perspective, it might have been different. It might have been, you know, it was an awful watch, to be honest. You know, we didn't play football, we played to nick a goal and put men behind the ball. And in our position, that's what we had to do. Um, it was very clear to see, you know, your tactic of getting the ball into the box into the two centre halves. That's got a lot of goals for you. Um, I know lately when I was reading, you, a lot, a few more of your goals are coming from the forward positions. But what we did that night was nullify that sort of threat. We we put a centre half. He didn't usually play 
in that position in the midfielder and Tom Beelin in the centre centre back position and we just sort of stayed compact as a unit. That night we were everything I expected of a Mark Cooper side. We were horrible, we were nasty, we put men behind the ball and we got a really, really good result. Um so we were we were happy but again it just it's, it's the way things were under Mark, it was just unfortunately unraveled. We didn't have any more of them performances after that to be honest. So, so when it, when Mark Cooper leaves, you're basically looking at a relegation scrap for 100%. I mean, your fixtures we looked at a few weeks ago and just thought you were doomed because of the the run you had. Pulled off some great results. What's changed since Phil Brown came in? Yeah, I absolutely thought we were doomed to be honest. Um, we we had a, we had a run in the fixtures before. I think it was four games we played Leighton Orient, Carlisle, Walsall, and we picked up next to no points. Um, you know, Mark Cooper unfortunately lost his job against. After that Carlisle result, even, sorry. Um, when Phil Brown originally came in, myself amongst many others were negative about it. He just obviously lost his job at Southend this season uh, and I just feel like he had the Oxford City job. So, you know, things weren't really like looking up Phil Brown. Um, one compliment I'd have of him is he's a motivator. Um, he's a, motiva- a motivational manager. He's openly said that his tactics aren't the tactics he wants to play. He's just doing the best of what he's got. And I respect that and I get that. He's just made us organised. Uh, Matt Platt, centre half, who fell out with Cooper. Well, we all we all presume he fell out with Cooper because he was out the side for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, has come in and been really, really solid. Um, Niall Canavan, who looks like he'd never played a game of football before when he came under Matt Cooper, um, has come in and played really, really well. We've dropped Ollie Banks, who's you know was our top scorer and was playing really, really well the first half of the season, and. We couldn't play him with John Rooney. They're too similar for me. It's the same footballer, effectively. And Phil Brown made that decision really, really early. Put Robbie Gotts back in the midfield. And we were just organised and solid and hard to beat and hard to break down. And, you know, even with a bit of attacking flair as well, you know, we scored four goals against Forest Green. I know they were in terrible form. But we just, we've just looked like we wanted to win football matches more. The team was clearly, you know, devoid and confidence really, really struggling and Phil Brown sort of come in and lifted everybody. Um, but where that leads us into with him is a different sort of conversation, to be quite honest. Yeah, he's only end of the season, isn't he? I think. Yeah. Um, he's only he's, he's May 31st, which is a bit yeah. strange. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, that, what, what happens after that is a different sort of, you know, question. What would you want to happen? Do you want to keep him? Do you want to Move on. I'm, so when Phil Brown originally came in, I was like, I didn't get it. I thought it was a poor appointment. I thought he'd take us down. If I'm really, really honest, he if he loses on Saturday, he's got a worse win. Obviously, a lot less games, but a worse win percentage to Mark Cooper. If you want to look at it that way, he's won two games, and you know, brilliant to win those two games. I pick up seven points in that week. For me. I just wonder what happens when the motivation dies, when it sort of ends and when it stops, and what happens from him as a you know a tactician more than anything. I know that's quite it might be slightly insulting towards a man who's achieved a lot in football. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's the man. I think we could find ourselves in November again and have a new manager and think, oh well, you know, here we are again, but bottom sort of four, bottom sort of five, mm. significantly underachieving again and wondering what's next really. But 
I, you know, I, I could I could circle names all day long. You know, there's some good <laughs> managers in the National League and <laughs> that I want to see. Um, he's brought in Neil McDonald of him, who's been really gone under the radar. To be quite honest, Neil McDonald was here under Kelly when we stayed up last season, and he's it, between them they've done really really well. But I would, I think to answer your question, I would tolerate the decision. Would I be for it? No. Would I be against it? No. Um, I know that's really sitting on the fence and a really pathetic answer, but um, <laughs> if, if, I think, if, if, I think if, if I would do differently. Yeah, I, th- I think personally, when it comes to Phil Brown, um, like you say, he's a motivator. The, the issue that I then have is that when he gets his own players in and its own is it, it's his own squad, is he able to keep that squad motivated? Because essentially, what he's done is he's taken another another manager's team or another couple of managers' team, probably. Yeah. And um, managed to just sort of rally them into this, well, into staying up. He, he's got the message through, and he's he's got that that going. But as soon as he like comes to the end of the season, if he was to stay on, and he has to then release players and then sign his own, well, the ones that stay might not be happy with the the fact that you know he released certain other players that were maybe mates or whatever. And then he's got to get players in, and one of the big things you know, you've already alluded to it, is probably getting players to come and play at Barrow is probably quite difficult just because of where you're based. You know, it being so, I mean, you're not far as such, but when we were talking before we started recording, you sort of said, you know, it's an hour away from the motorway. So it's not a close or easy to get to destination. And and will footballers who are predominantly based in the Northwest even want to commute from say Manchester to Barrow um, it's it's a big big journey for them I think one thing that's not really known out well outside of people that you know watch Barrow we don't train in Barrow we train in sort of Manchester Rochdale area um <laughs> so that yeah that says everything really um there's, there's a lot of talk of bringing you know training back to Barrow I mean for me it's a no-brainer don't do it you know you can attract a better sort of player playing in Manchester playing in uh, sorry training in Manchester training in Rochdale um, you can attract them players in the northwest, northeast, even from you know Midlands down south. You know to commute up it, with good travel links, etc. Mm. Um, how do, how so does that do, work from a, a like a, a community point of view? Because I mean, football clubs are all about being in their community. If if your players are only ever really there on a Saturday and a Tuesday night, do you feel like you're connected to your team? It's a good question. We our players normally well. This is another thing that um, people, or well, certain members of our fan base, didn't appreciate about Mark Cooper. Our players on a home match day will come up the day before. Um, they will train in Barrow, um, whether that be a Friday or a, on a Tuesday. It'll be a, during a Tuesday daytime. So you know they mm. always stay the night before with Barrow. Every game's an away game if you want to look at it that way. Um, in that community aspect, we you know we don't. There is no local players left Barrow. Every player's from away. Um, there's no academy although there is next season we are sort of venturing into that sort of endeavour there's for me if I look at it in my perspective that community aspect's poor it is getting better um, in certain things that we do in certain different you know we are, as, as a fan base we own 10% of our football club if you want to look at it that way not in terms of the players of course we have that sort of you know certain aspect into our club I get what you mean with the players not really connecting to the town Um 
one thing that uh, <laughs> I slate people for going on about the bloke, but one thing Ian Everett did brilliantly was manage to re-engage the town, um, refocus them on the battle football. Um, mm. It's it's difficult to have that engagement. I completely understand what you mean, but for me, I'm not that bothered. And there is, but then you do attract them players that obviously don't care and come from a good paycheck and whatever. You know, we pay more because of who we are and what we are. But we, you, you can connect them in different ways. You connect them on a Saturday. If you, you know, I look at certain players, uh, whether it be Tom White, Patrick Brough, Robbie Gotts. I see them and I look at them and I, they get what it means to play for Barrow. You know, we, I, I compare us in that sort of mindset of we don't really, we're not, but you know, bothered about the glamorous football or whatever. But just a team that goes out there on a Saturday and just tries extremely hard to win a football game. You know, I've walked away from many games thinking, yeah, you know, we didn't get the result we wanted, but. You, could you have asked anymore and that's something that Phil Brown's done well you know we can't we've played other than one game against Crawley away we were absolutely shocking but we've they've give everything so we've, we engaged them in that way you know our support isn't you know the biggest numbers but you know we we travel away and then we take 150 minimum 200 which as a percentage of your fan base at home you know it's almost 10% taken away everywhere you know we've had some really good Away attendances this year taking twelve hundred to Salford, fourteen hundred to um, Carlisle and whatnot. And I know people think that oh, that's a local game. Every game's two hours for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, every game's Northampton on a Tuesday night. I didn't think it was that far. To be honest, <laughs> we had fourteen <laughs> games. In, we had fourteen games in London in the National League. You know, it's not that bad. Um, so to have that sort of engagement, yeah, we don't we don't really have it, but there's bigger things for me than that, you know, and it's something that we are working on as a club, you know, it's it's our third year in the, in the league, so it's something that we need to become better at and, you know, I'd love to see somebody from Barrow successfully play for the club. You know, there's players from Barrow when you look at Alex Newby in the league, he's a Barovian lad, he's played for Rochdale, um, Elliot Newby in the league below. You know, there's some good Barovian footballers, even Ben Davis, who never played for Barrow, but, you know, Liverpool and Sheffield United. There is talent here, but it's just trying to harness that talent and then give people you know a, a play a shout about really mm. so last two seasons obviously has been about staying up mostly um, I assume you're happy with that where do you go from here as a club what do you think is needed to take you to the next level and what do you think that is how far do you think you can go in the next few years I think for us the main thing that we don't appreciate as a fan base was you know we have, we've had a really good budget I know I said, I said it right before we had a top 10 budget this year so, you know, obviously we want to just stay up and staying up is brilliant. It's, a, it's an achievement in itself. For me, the first year was all about staying up and we did it, you know, just. Um, this year we should have looked to, pre- to sort of press on, to sort of, you know, we've it, we, it's, it's a mad stuff. We haven't lost by more than two goals in any of our games in the Football League since we've come back. We've not took a batter in anywhere. You know, we can easily compete with anyone. Um, For me, our next step is we need somebody in a footballing role in the club, which we don't have, who's got experience in a football league club to make footballing decisions at the club. We don't have that person who can guide us. It's a lot of, you know, I'm not going to knock people putting their money into the football club, or, you know, from the supporters trust to the free businessmen that we have. We just don't have that football in the house. And for me, we waste quite a lot of money by not having that football in the house. I get it costs a lot of money to bring in somebody in that sort of position, but the amount of money you'll save is incredible to sort of offset that. It's something that the supporters, you know, really need and want. 
if I was going to look in an ideal world and what I want, um, you know, <laughs> I'd prefer sort of if you look at Neil McDonald's moving to the a foot that footballing role, um, and then look at sort of, you know a younger manager that you could mentor in a, you know playing a okay style of football, you know picking up results and you know seeing you know nobody expected us to challenge in the national league. You know we got a really healthy budget and we did that. Nobody's going to expect us to challenge in League Two again next season. You'll read the predictions when they come out, which I don't bother reading because there's only very few far between, which are actually half decent ones. Um, we'll be pick, predicted 22nd, 23rd, 20th, whatever. So it's just going to places and thinking, people looking at us and going, yeah, Barrow are a good side. They're a football league side now, and that's what we want to be. Um, when you said you're looking for somebody with footballing knowledge, Charles, um, I don't know if you thought of the same person. Um Someone from uh, with experience in that area of the country, um, out of work, someone who's uh, been promoted from League Two before. Any, any ideas? Oh, I, I, I'm likes imagining is is this a is this a person that maybe we've met before? Yeah, likes a hat. Uh, yeah, likes a hat. Likes yeah. a jigsaw puzzle, maybe. It's a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Mm, so, yeah, yeah, possibly. Possibly. Keith Curl. Any, uh... Keith Curl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mysterious curl. Um, <laughs> that's Get probably all there. you need to say, Ronan. I'll yeah. be honest with you. That's probably you I don't need to add that. any more to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll leave it at that then. Yeah, <laughs> not in there. To that. Um, not against the idea. Let's put it that way. There's worse <laughs> ideas. We'll get in touch with him. See, see what he thinks. Um, yeah. let, we, we've got to talk about the weekend, we've got, we, Charles. Unfortunately, um, it, it is going to come around. Um, Ronan, how do you think you're going to approach this one? You've obviously l- lost your last couple of games narrowly. Um, like you say, you don't lose a lot of games by more than one goal. Lost to Exeter and Swindon, both in the promotion mix-up as well. How do you think you're going to go into come into this one? It's not the answer you're looking for. Uh, party spoils. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> party spoils is the way one is the way I like to put it. You know, mm-hmm. I think you should look. People can say whatever. You know, it's it'd be, it'd be good to, you know, for yourselves to go up and. Uh, <laughs> I wish you the best of luck in that. However, you should always look to win every game of football. I, I don't care what time of the year you're playing. I don't care who you're playing against. Win every single game that you set out to play. Um, you know, I want to, I want to end the season on a high. To be quite honest, I want to end the season on a win. We should have a really good fan support there. To be honest. Um, so I, I, I just look at it in the game. Whatever that, however, however that, however that may take us, because you know, yourselves are going to be. There's a lot of pressure on yourselves to, you know, get that result. Results went your way on Monday. Um, yeah, but just, 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 just try and win the game of football. I know that sounds very obvious and very, you know, vague, but it's just trying to end the season on a high and maybe, you know. Winning is a good habit, no matter what time of the season it is. You know, we've lost a couple of games. We had a brilliant achievement in staying up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but just, 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 yeah. End the season a high. Give people that looking at the next season. Of you know, we've won our last game. You know, there is the hope there for next season. You know, achieve more. Is it is it likely to be a party atmosphere around? Do you think? Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a party atmosphere the last. I mean, when we beat Sutton, it was brilliant. You know, we to 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 stay up was a brilliant achievement. You know, I think everyone's just happy to be sort of be here. But for me, I want to win the game of football. I, I want to 
I want to end the season on a, with taking a double over yourselves because we've not took a double over anyone else this season. Um, Shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, just 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 win the game of football, have a good atmosphere, and you know, I think if you sell, I think you know yourselves will probably win the game. Uh, hmm. If yeah, I know that that's probably not the answer you're looking for because that means we'll probably go out and turn up now, but. Yeah, just 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 win the game. Just just give some people going into the summer a happy sort of mentality to have, rather than getting pumped and, and watching a side. I know this sounds weird. We we watched Exeter go up, and that was I, I wasn't there. It was a Tuesday night, and I just couldn't get the time off work. But you don't want watching a side go up is a really strange thing, and you you sort of look in envy. And you know, I remember what we, when we Carlisle beat us, we watched them basically effectively stay up. And watching that's for me horrible. You don't, you don't, you, you, you it's very sort of a jealous place to be in, and very sort of why is that not us, etc. So to try and spoil that for someone is the way I look at it. You know, I know that's not a nice thing of saying, but we need to sort of have that mentality of we need, we can beat anyone, we can play anyone our day and just turn them over and just spoil, <laughs> spoil one team's aspirations one game at a time. And that starts again next season. You know, every result you pick up, every win you pick up, you just get one game close and you just think, well, you know, if we can get X amount of points by this stage, you know, what can happen? You know, you never know what will happen. Look at Sutton. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Shall we um, Shall we go to some predictions, Danny? Yes. Yes, we should go to some predictions. Do you, did you have a question about Bristol Rovers first, Charles? Oh, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so as well as the whole thing with... <laughs> Um, the the ticket situation. The other thing that's really rattled me on social media uh, over the last couple of days has been Bristol Rovers fans going and, you know, every single post that Barrow are putting out on Twitter is met with Bristol Rovers fans in the comments saying, oh, please win for us and I'll buy you a shirt or I'll buy a shirt from you next season if you if you beat <laughs> Northampton and all this and the other stuff. I've got, I've got no real issue of the Bristol Rovers fans going and doing that. That's, you know, I, I understand why. I'm not saying that I would do it in, in the same situation personally, but I bet there are Cobblers fans that, that would have done it. I saw a few Bristol Rovers fans changing their Twitter profile to the, the Barrow badge. I've seen Cobblers fans doing it with a Scunthorpe. Badge, so you know, I'm I'm not throwing um, stones in glass houses necessarily here, but um, the thing that I didn't like was was the way that Parrot were responding and acting all like off oh, friends, friends <laughs> from Bristol Rovers. I just a bit like it's a bit embarrassing and a little bit. I don't know. I, there's a fine line, isn't there, between having a bit of fun and having that that banter essentially. And I think the issue is, from my point of view, Danny, I don't know how you feel about this, but the issue is is that as a club, especially with social media, the cobblers are so straight and are so, yeah. there's there's no real edginess, is there? There's a little no, bit of fun with things it, like having like Mort, you know, gifting, uh, yeah. dancing on a gif or whatever. Unless David Artel's involved then. But yeah, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> We're not really... We don't go out there and, and do that sort of stuff. And therefore, I think when we see other clubs do it, maybe I just sort of think, that's a bit... Uh, no. I think it's. it's the, I think that's just this week piling up on everyone, isn't it? Probably it's, is, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, probably is. Yeah. Um, 
before we go into predictions, it might have an impact on it. Ronan, is um, Jason Taylor back yet? Is I know he's injured. Is he? Um, Taylor doesn't. Taylor's uh, player coach for us. Uh, he, he's. Got, I, I, I don't think he'll feature at all on Saturday. Okay. Sorry, so if was, I'm really honest. Yeah. Um, uh, Jason Taylor did uh, sort of semi worshipped in Barrow for basically last season. He got furloughed, taken out the team in January. Um, no, he sort of took it all on the chin and came back in under Rob Kelly and basically kept us up single handedly by just kicking his way through. <laughs> every single <laughs> midfielder in League 2 so I absolutely I love the bloke I think he's brilliant uh, but yeah. no I don't think he'll play on Saturday to be quite honest uh, he's more of a coach he's such a legend days. he's such a legend we've spoken to him before on our, one of our player interviews he's it's such a great character. Um, He's coming in the away end, Danny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he proper wound us up at Sixfields as well on that Tuesday night as well, didn't he? We we fell right into his trap that night. Um, let's go on to predictions then, mm, um, shall we? Charles, go first. I think I'm going to let you go first. Well, did did oh uh, yeah, okay. Um, uh, I I predict that all of a sudden I'm going to disappear and not make a prediction. <laughs> Just. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely, this scares the hell out of me making a prediction for this game. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> don't make me, Daddy. Um, I, do you know what? I'm going to go with a very tense, very nervous 1 0 win for the Cobblers. Yeah. Yeah, that, that stat about Barrow not conceding or losing by more than two goals mm-hmm. in the last two years is nervous. It makes me nervous, especially with Bristol Rovers potentially beating Scunthorpe 8-0 and overtaking us. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> which the is one more thing... than likely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that, I mean, I mean, Ronan, you said this earlier on about, you know, how many goals you score. Um, I mean, you've only scored 43, which is the, you know, the only team to have scored less than you is Stevenage when they scored. Oh, sorry, and Scunthorpe. Yeah. Well, we don't count Scunthorpe. They don't they're count that them, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're that bad that we just forget about them. But, yeah, it's Stevenage and um, Scunthorpe are the only teams that have scored less. You've, only, you've scored 43, Stevenage 41. That that goes in my favour with with our defensive record. And we're, we're due a clean sheet as well, aren't we, Danny? So, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I should never have asked. I should Get rid of me now. Get rid of me now. <laughs> I'm going to move on to Ronan quickly before we say anything else we were going to regret. Uh, Ronan, predictions for this one? Um, I'll go to one little barrel. I, I, you know, obviously, I think he's a probably win, but for the sake of keeping it more interesting than prediction, I think it'll be one nil either way, to be quite honest. A, a 2 one one nil. A really, really close game. Um, really, really cagey and... The, the only reason I go one nil to ourselves is we've been really, really good at the back, really, really solid. So I think we're really hard to break down, but we don't score many goals at all, to be honest. Uh, how are you at set, defending your set pieces, by the way, before? Reasonably okay. Okay. Um, better, better on the brown. If I'm, if I'm being really honest about it. Yeah, and you did a job <laughs> on us on the, that Tuesday night as well, didn't you? <clears throat> like yeah. you're saying. Um, what am I going to say for this? I'm going to be bold, Charles. Ooh, bold it. Yeah, because I was, <clears throat> I, I was thinking that playoff final against Exeter was going to be a tight game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a tight game. Barrow haven't conceded, or haven't lost by more than two goals the last two years mm-hmm. until now. Okay, three, three nil cobblers oh. by half time, so that you're all dancing around, 
No, then you well, see, I'm that worries me because that's 45 <laughs> minutes to completely muck it all up. <laughs> It'll be uh, one of those awful sort of 10 to 45 minutes where you don't really know what to do, Danny. <laughs> You'll be like that these... going, I want to dance, but I know full well like that <laughs> Bristol Rovers are winning 400 nil or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost worse than these situations when we're winning, isn't it? Like that that late Orient game a couple of weeks ago, even though we we're 4-1 up, you still think it's worse because we're winning and you've got to hang on to it. But yeah, 3-0 on going, Charles. Come on. 3-0. Oh. Let's do it. Uh, I, I, yeah. hope, I hope you're right, There mate. we go. I really do. I, I do as well. <laughs> I, I just want it done. I just want it done now. Uh, thank you so much, Ronan, for coming on. That's grand. No problem. Um, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, and best will it. We we don't want to be talking to you next season, um, Charles. I don't want to <laughs> so see you nice. again. Uh, yeah. I don't want to see you again on the preview show this season, Charles. You can get out. Not only do we doing any more of these, we want to be up. Come on, cobblers, we can do this, Charles. Any last messages before we depart? Oh, before you depart. Before I depart, I yeah. uh, I want Saturday to be the best day that it can possibly be. Let's all be in really high spirits. I know that there's not going to be many of us actually there. So therefore we need to really sing, really sing our hearts out and get behind the boys. And we, it sounds so cliche, but we need to be the 12th man and we really need to put the pressure on (coughs) Barrow and therefore just roar the boys to victory. It's all we need to do. We just need to win. It doesn't matter. Anything else. I'm not going into the whole permutations thing. As long as we win, we're up. That's all we need to do. Come on, cobblers. Come on. Come on. Uh, Ronan, where can we find you on social media before we go? Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter at RonanMacker99. Um, If you want some horrendous views on football and the the thoughts of Barrow football as as a general and, you know, a little bit of crack about League Two, then that's about it, really. Nice. Horrendous views on football. That's our thing. That's us. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us, uh, Charles. Thank you as well. We'll welcome, see you man. at some point over the weekend. We're not sure when. <laughs> possibly Tuesday. We're not sure. We'll keep keep your ears and eyes peeled for us because there might be a, some sort of live podcast. Shush. Potentially. <laughs> Do not jinx it, Daddy. Oh, wait. Cut that out. Edit that out. <laughs> we'll see you sometime. Cheers. Speak to you soon. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network.